Hello, welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. I'm Brian Zamania, and this week we have a wonderful show for you. We start off with a look at an area of line drives business that can seem a little mysterious to some, or maybe most of you, our e-commerce team. Mike Hildebrandt and Eva Matt join me on ZF to help shine some light on a key portion of our organization. We will review some history, understand how and where this fits into our overall business model, unpack the services and insights we give manufacturers to grow their business, as well as how this department can grow in the future. Then, I break it down with the person Deborah Supritz herself has nicknamed The Machine, a savant when it comes to problem solving and tackling spreadsheets, Eva Matt herself. We talk about the changes in her role during her time at Line Drive, what a typical day, if that exists, entails, how she's seen Amazon and other e-tailers change over the years, and how she spends her time when she's not scouring Amazon pages, you know, like the rest of us do on our couches. Rounding out the episode, it's the larger-than-life Chris Pezzles. Pretzels gives some insight into his background and what exactly is the role of systems manager. Mr. Pipeline Deals shares how he's constantly looking to improve our CRM, how to use it to leverage business growth, and how he works with our clients, new and existing, to ensure that the team has all the tools they need to be successful. So sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right, joining me today are the all-stars from our e-commerce team, Mike Hildebrandt and Eva Matt. Mike and Eva, how are you today? Doing well. Hey, Brian, thanks for having us. Hey, I'm excited for this. I've had multiple requests for people to help understand this magic and magical and mysterious e-commerce group. And, you know, who is Eva? Who is the machine? What's going on? What happens over in this corner of Line Drive? So uh, I think to kick us off and uh, just to be aware, you know, Mike has, has recently brought this into key accounts and we'll touch on that. But Eva's been working on uh, our e-commerce team for eight years now. That's correct? Yes. So Eva's going to have some history, but but walk us through. Line Drive's been in in the e-commerce business in this space for over ten years. You know, can you give us some of the history of that, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Eva, feel free to uh, fill in the blanks. But um, sure, you know, it really has tied to um, all the way from the beginning when Amazon um, kind of correlated with uh, Tool Crib of the North. Um, yeah. We had a gentleman by the name of John Browson uh, who had called on Tool Crib of the North up in Minnesota for a while. And when Amazon kind of acquired that platform, uh, John found a way to move forward, not just John, but I think the whole organization moved forward and, and found a different way to go to market with Amazon. Uh, it really opened up the door and, and our full team um, took it and ran with it. Uh, I think in the past we've won rep of the year, which I know we have, I just, the, the year escapes me. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, kind of found our own path to calling on Amazon, calling on, uh, you know, being creative in how we called on Amazon and also working through the vendor portal. Um, and that's eclipsed 10 years now. So it's been a phenomenal part of our business and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. Anything I missed, Eva? Nope. Well, I'd say Eva, from your standpoint, you know, a lot, especially back, you know, eight, 10 years ago, a lot of manufacturers probably had no idea how to sell that. Like, how do you sell the Amazon? What do you, what do you even do? Yeah, I would say that the majority of the vendors were like, uh, 
we we think that we should be doing this and you know we're not too convinced about it but we'll we'll try it out which was you know funny if we look at it from eight years ago and where it's at now it's just a whole different whole different thing it's how you do business yeah that's true and you know mike so you know, we've, we've had a few different people on the team and who, who've um, worked to manage it. And recently this has moved into key accounts, which I think makes sense based on some of the other accounts that you have. You know, how do you see this as an alignment? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Amazon, there's a lot of metrics that don't necessarily go into our industrial space, but then there's a lot that do. Um, there's a lot of different ways to, well, you know, what, what we've kindly called levers. Uh, levers we can pull that uniquely tied to some of the key accounts we have, such as uh, Global Industrial. Uh, I've been managing Global Industrial for six years. Global Industrial is one of the top 10 uh, industrially uh, visited websites uh, across the United States. And pulling some of those levers uh, have unique traits. Now, I will absolutely say that uh, the learning curve is uh, is definitely there. And Eva has been great in walking me through the process along with Mitch Lorish, who I'm appreciative to as well. Um, but the, but the basic undertones are there where we understand that there's levers we need to pull on the e-com channel, whether it be, uh, content, whether it be images, whether it be data, whether it be just making sure that the, the, the information is available to the consumer, whether it be B2C or B2B to make an intelligent purchase. Um, and I think COVID even identified that more so, uh, when you saw everybody stuck in their homes who had no problem pushing the Amazon button or the Amazon app. And, and then suddenly, you know, you see it at GCOM and you see it at McMaster and you see it at global mm -hmm. and you see it at Uline, all of our, all of our industrial accounts became a little bit more e-com staffy. Right. So that's actually a good point and, and makes me think about a few different things, but I, I related the story. I was just telling uh, Laura Glenn the other day about back when I was a, a Granger seller, and this is so this is, you know, 2002, 2003. And you would have customers who would print out stuff from the Internet and be like, well, I want to buy it here because it's, you know, a thousand dollars cheaper than you. And I'm like, OK, well, who's toolkicking.com? And, you know, they like didn't know, you know, usually that the debate was won pretty quickly because who knows what this website would deliver, what would happen. But everyone knows Amazon now. Everyone's yeah. used to buying Amazon. You know, two days, you get my prime shipping. Returns are, are pretty straightforward. So I think from an industrial landscape, that's changed. You know, that's the, the way that people from a business standpoint understand how Amazon works. Now, um, some of that may lead people in our organization. I've heard this before saying, like, is this competition? You know, do we see Amazon as a competition to a Granger Fast and all? And, and I don't know if that's the case. So... <clears throat> First of all, we deal with Granger, we deal with Fastenal. They're both competitors, and yeah, it doesn't stop us from from working with them. So it's a, it's a catch twenty two. I think they are and they aren't. And the reason they are and they aren't is, um, you know, really tied to the type of customer that's buying from them on a regular basis. Um, Amazon is not going to take the solutions consultant, the key account manager, the strategic account manager, the uh, the day-to-day -day function of that role, not going to take that solution away. I think what we all need to remember is, is we all bring an inherent value to our business. Uh, we all bring a certain je ne sais quoi to our business. And really, when you look at that as a whole, that's what makes us unique as Line Drive. Um, I would say the same in terms of the channel. The channel, Amazon brings a certain something to the business. Um, Granger brings a certain something to the business. 
we're going to be putting our people in a position and our people are going to be putting themselves in a position to be successful by what they bring to the market, not who we're bringing it with. And I think we need to all remember that when we talk about e-com. Right. I think that's a good point. And even, you know, Mike made the, the comment of B2B and B2C that there is some aspect about a more of a consumer oriented focus on where we're positioned the Amazon stuff. Is that right? Would you, is, am I putting words in, into your mouth? No, no, you're not. I would say yes. I mean, I, I think Amazon is definitely trying to get into that like B2B space and, and not that they aren't already, but I just don't think it's as common as that consumer driven purchases that they're, they're getting on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I would think from like a, a traditional industrial distributor, you know, if you're going into a plant and you're selling them cases of gloves, every week and you're putting, you know, Amazon's not putting those in the vending machines. Amazon's not monitoring your, right. your usage level and you probably have some sort of, you know, I think at the end of the day, yes, companies order from Amazon and we've been in lobbying, we've seen the boxes, but you know, it's a one or two piece or, Hey, I needed to find this real quick. And I was already on there looking for something else. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting the day-to-day -day business. They're getting spot buys. They're getting pieces. And, and Eva said it, they are in the space. Nobody's denying that. And, they're probably a top 10 player in that space. But when you're talking about our business and our model and the, the solutions we bring to the table, um, mm -hmm. right now, Amazon isn't a solution for that. Maybe in the future. I mean, that's yeah. really what we're trying to solve. And I think that's a that's an interesting point that, you know, we're, we're laying the groundwork to be involved. And maybe if they do decide to build out an industrial team or a field team, then, you know, we, would, we have elements already there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting you're, you're thinking about like it, it's a ones or twos or even how that impacts our business, right? So, you know, other sites like Granger and Zorro and those those people are, are stepping up their game, you know, making investments in their e-commerce. Um, even how it plays the pricing that, you know, you'll be out with a Granger rep and they'll say, how much should I quote this radio for? And you're like, well, Amazon's got it at 279. So that's what, that's the first place your customer is going to go look. So I would recommend 278, 279. <laughs> probably a good target, but yeah, I would see that, you know, some of that most likely it's the future of how we buy and, and how we tr transact, you know, to Mike's point, we, we've all been very comfortable over the past year using, um, I don't want to say the web, but using the web to, to buy our, our products and our staples. Well, I think it, so, uh, it kind of goes into, you know, where we see the future of it. Um, the buying experience as a whole has been, the game has been up. Like Brian, you said, GCOM has up their game. MSC direct is up their game. Uh, even our key accounts, some of our smaller people that you've never heard of, put huge money into their .com presence simply because they had to up their game to stay relevant. Uh, what I will say is, is don't expect Amazon not to do the same. They're going to continue to up their game to try to be the market leader. Right. That makes sense. So think about how we engage, you know, what are some of the services we provide to manufacturers? You know, what are, what are those those things that we do to help drive their business? Eva, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, it, you know, it starts with catalog. Obviously, we want to make sure that Amazon has either the full offering or the, the most well-rounded offering that the vendor is prepared to supply. Um, from there, it's building out content and managing that day-to-day -day digital shelf. Hmm. Um, any operational issues, shipments, um, accounting questions, that type of thing. Uh, of um, issues um, and then we get into let's say the advertising piece promotional trying to drive those sales 
Um, and then just continuing to manage the business, looking out for competition, getting, you know, items suspended for profitability reasons. Um, what am I missing here? Oh, so you're saying that the part of it is, is taking, I guess I would say like third party sellers who are undercutting margin or undercutting um, you know, profitability from our, our manufacturers? Yes. So we can um, try to identify those. And if let's say they're an existing customer, obviously the, the vendor can go to them and just say, hey, you can't sell for this low. That's one way. If they're willing to make that So that gives that gives our team something to think about when you're going up against, you know, whatever, whatever.com and the price is astronomically lower than what you think it should be, bring it to our attention. Let's see if we can't yes. help you somehow. Okay. Amazon is the follower, not the leader in price. So they're usually waiting for someone else to set a price. Right. Then, so whatever that yeah. lowest price is that they're giving, they're basing that off of someone else giving that same price or close to it. Interesting. So and it, it would be in our manufacturer's, uh, I guess, best interest to make sure we're keeping those prices at, at a, I don't want to say high, but keeping it at a reasonable uh, level. Yes. Yeah. Don't let your, don't let your distributors muck up the market. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, when I talk, when you talk about like uh, catalog and, and content, it sounds pretty similar uh, in a way to what, you know, the traditional industrial business has done, you know, making sure all items are set up and the, the details are in there and the, the, right, the right images and pictures. And uh, is there stuff that we can do from a marketing side? Um, do you mean line drive marketing or do you mean the from our manufacturer partners or as you guys call them vendors, you know, from the vendor side, you know, is, is there areas where you help position their product or, or look to, you know, make them more visible or, or better imagery and graphics? Um, so from a pushing, you know, elevating the content piece, you know, from a setup standpoint, we have to have really basic, you know, basic data, basic main image. From there, vendors can absolutely improve upon um, adding videos, adding lifestyle imagery, um, in-use application shots, uh, building out A-plus pages. That's a big, big push. That will weight the pages. It'll keep the buyers on that page for a longer time. And then obviously it helps them make a more informed buying decision. Um, Brand, brand stores, which I'm sure, Brian, you're familiar with, is let's say we take Medique, we click on the Medique name brand on the Medilite, and it takes us to their brand store where you can see everything that they are selling in one easy shopping experience. Now, is that something that vendors automatically get or because we're familiar with how, line, or how uh, Amazon operates? Is it something they pay for? How do we get this all this enhanced content? So... Um, all vendors have access to enhanced content as long as they are willing to provide the assets to build it out. And then typically line drive builds that, or some of them do build it themselves. Now I see stuff all the time on there that it's like, you know, number one featured item or top seller. And is there things you can do that to advertise or, or you know, so you cannot buy placements for Amazon's choice or number one bestseller, but all the pieces that you put into enhancing the content and the fulfillment side of it will factor into those badges. And then ultimately based on ordering and fulfillment, you could then earn it. Okay. That's interesting. Can you, is there a way to like, um, I know they have, they have like banner ads. So there are other ways that you can do promotion on there. Yeah. So you, there are, um, different promotional options that you can do from within vendor central. So like you could do a price discount, you can do a promo code discount. Um, if, 
I'm sure everyone has seen lightning deals and best deals. You can also submit those in for consideration. And then obviously we have the advertising platform. So the Amazon advertising is a pay for play situation. So you're bidding on keywords, targeting competitive ASINs, your own ASINs, and then there's different options. There's sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored display. Um, there's new video ads, which are super cool. Well, so there's a lot. There's, there's yeah. a lot of different. So I assume part of part of your job, and we talk about the process, is to make sure that our manufacturers or our vendor partners understand those, and then really give them some guidance on what is impactful and what's not. Yes. All right. As, as, as this stuff evolves, I imagine you're learning to see, you know, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So there's, you know, you can start out really small. There are options for doing something that's an automatic ad campaign. So from there, Amazon will try to use their algorithms to target products. And you can then take that data and mine it and use it in your own campaigns, which is a really nice feature. That's cool. And I, I, it's my understanding there's a ton of data that you can glean from basically everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can I can give you, you know, we can look at keyword rankings, we can look at competitive items. Um, one of the really cool ones recently is like a misspelling, <laughs> which, you know, people do when they're working, yeah. you know, searching for products, you can misspell something. And, you know, you can maybe capture a little bit of those sales on the misspelling, whereas the, the correctly spelled word is very expensive. The misspelled word is not as much. Yep. So just just capturing the little misspelling is is a good good little trick. It's interesting. Oh, so if you wanted like something that was like a, a very popular word to link to you, that's going to be expensive. But if you spell yep. <laughs> spell one letter wrong, that's very inexpensive. Yes, I like it. That, that that's a cool insight. You know, yeah. So when we look at you know is, is how we assist these companies, Mike, maybe you talk a little bit about you know what are the mix of the companies that we work with, the vendors we work with right now. Yeah. So I think it's a a mix between our current industrial partners such as Apache Mills, um, Bryan Electric, um, ND, FiberTite. Uh, those are a couple of our industrial side. And then we also have some people such as uh, Aero Home Products, um, Duragloss, and um, Desco, who necessarily we don't do business with today on the industrial side, but are very strong e-com partners for us and uh, exciting about moving their product business forward simply by pulling the levers that Eva talked about. Does some of that, uh, with these, I would say Amazon only, do you, are you seeing any movement to them for those other online platforms, like a global, like other ones there, not particularly? We're working on it. Um, so short answer is, I think over the uh, the course of the next year, we're gonna see a lot of different, uh, different pieces of that. Um, there's such places such as, you know, the Lowe's.com marketplace, Home Depot.com marketplace, all the way to um, to things like eBay and Wayfair and, and pieces of that puzzle that we're going to explore. And then you also have the industrial market segments. Um, you know, some of those products like an Arrow Home Products who makes uh, a, a plethora of products um, wouldn't necessarily play in our industrial space where, where Desco might. So it's about taking each client and identifying which levers you can push and, and move that move that business forward. I know we talk a lot about Amazon, we've mentioned Amazon a lot, which is a, the vast majority of the business, but there are other areas that we can use our knowledge and expertise to, to place products and navigate through, through their sites as well. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing I told Eva is, is that long-term, this is not just gonna be an Amazon play. Um, what I would, 
tell the company, what I tell Line Drive is that you're going to see us continue to expand this reach throughout ecom. Um, you continue just as much as I said, GCOM and Fastenal.com and and all of our other partners are in, are stepping up their game when it comes to e-commerce. Uh, you're seeing multitudes of of updates and um, opportunities in some of these marketplaces where we don't play today or where we've barely played. Um, we have what we have Apache with Wayfair. Um, yeah. How can we move that that ball forward? How can we identify different areas or the next? You know, key accounts was always about who the next strategic is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, help me, but you know, I wonder who is the next Amazon. And I don't know if there's an answer to that one because Amazon is what forty eight percent of all e commerce spend. Um, but we're we're going to work hard to try. Walmart, Walmart, yeah, Walmart.com. Yeah, Walmart. Walmart. That would be my next one. I would say Walmart.com. They did a really good job this year, or last year. So, well, that's good. So you've got this client mix, and we're looking to, to spread out. How is there a strategy for new clients? You know, what, what, is there one? And if it is, what, what are we looking for? You saying I just can't What's go and start market? knocking on doors in Detroit and just <laughs> ask if people, okay. Anyway, no, yes, there absolutely is a strategy. Um, so there's two there's two pieces of it. One, obviously, um, we're going back and forth with some of our current manufacturers who are not representing uh, at Ecom and just trying to understand, you know, A, there's probably, there's some very good reasons in certain cases why we're not the fit for them. Um, and that's okay. We can mm-hmm. be the fit with our industrial side and not be a fit in e-com. And Eva and I, I think, have also had some very good conversations with current clients that are very interested in looking at us for an Amazon and beyond play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep that Amazon and beyond. I like that. Um, but then when you look at new new competitive opportunities, um, we're really going to be focusing on on bringing more clients to e-com that are e-com only. Um, we're going to be looking at ways to enhance the enhance our marketplace presence in places like Walmart, where you've identified and in, in a lot of the dot coms, um, both on the commercial on the retail and on the industrial level. Um, we're open to any opportunity because really at the end of the day, um, it's how we go to market with these products. Uh, there'll be some that are B2C opportunities, there'll be some that are B2B opportunities. But what we believe is we have a good solution for our clients, new and current. Okay. That's good. So I, I would say, and ask you both where you see the future of this part of our business. It sounds like we're back into a, a targeted growth mode. Yes. Yeah, you could say that without question. Um, and what I would challenge any um, anybody here in the organization is if you have a good idea uh, for our e-com business, um, just like you know Matt Scott and I could tell you that many people came to us with distributors back in the key account days when we first got started and saying, hey, you should call on this guy or hey, this guy's making a making some ruckus down here in Texas or whatever. Um, bring it to us. There's no idea that we wouldn't take seriously and explore and honestly be excited about. This is a uh, this is a fun time for for us as an organization. Very cool. It's good to hear. So come to come to Mike and Eva with any any ideas, anybody, if your brother in law makes some There it is. Just kidding. not that way. <laughs> definitely want to be representing like actual brands, not 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 someone's cousin cards on the side or something like that. So Z's gonna make stick figures in his uh, in his office and he's gonna say, I wanna sell these on Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always gotta have a side hustle. Very and then hey, who else are you gonna target? And what's the measurables to that? And how are we gonna do it? Yeah. No, absolutely would appreciate a brand. That'd be awesome. Thank you. That's good. Hey, it's speaking of measurables, I think one more, there's just one more thing on this, but you know, Eva and Mike, do you, are you reviewing 
stats with our manufacturers a lot? Is that something that comes up as far as like visibility and traffic and, and I guess, engagement? Yeah, so we absolutely are. I think, um, you know, Eva, Eva and I had a call with, you know, Aero Home Products on Friday. Uh, Eva's actually on more of the Amazon focused calls with some of our, our manufacturers to this point than I am uh, regarding the day to day uh, as I move into the role more and more. Um, but measurables are a key point of our business, not just as e-com, but as line drive. So uh, we want to include them. Are you working when you're when you work with these customers? Are you looking for specific targets of how many clicks or do we get down to that level? We do. Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the things with that that's most important is is looking at each manufacturer, each client, and identifying what's the important piece to them. Uh, we have some clients that are on pallet programs, so moving units is, is a big piece of that. Some of them are margin requirements. It, it could be any number of things, but very similar to industrial, you got to find you got to find the right focal points and make sure that you're making them work for you, and it's no different in this case. It's very cool. Well, thank you guys for the uh, the look into e-com and, and giving us some, some basic structure of a, an important part of the company. I want to take a moment and talk about the machine behind the Amazon team. Oh, no, God. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are, you know, Eva, Eva, Matt, been with Line Drive over 10 years. So congrats to that. But a lot of people thank are asking. You. You know, who is Eva and, and what goes on in her world? You know, who's this person that, that many people at Line Drive don't get to see very often? So I think first and foremost, can you walk us through your background and how your roles evolved with Line Drive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I came to Line Drive in 2010. I had been working in um, hinge manufacturing prior to that, which is very fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was very interesting. It, it, it really, I mean, it sounds really cheesy to say, but um, it genuinely taught me a lot of things about manufacturing, which I think has been very helpful with, with being with Line Drive. Um, and so I started out in sales support. That was the title. And fun fact, Brian was my cube mate. Remember, Brian? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for, for a while there. Um, and then I think it was like a little bit under six months, I got bumped up to that mid-tier of the sales support. So it was like key accounts and MSC. Um, and then I, I got an e-commerce piece added in a little while later, maybe like a year or so later. So I was helping the e-commerce team. I was doing 10 hours a week of help, which was really strange, but it, it happened. Um, and then um, by 2013 is when I transitioned full-time into the e-commerce account role. And I've done a little bit of everything. I've done um, the sales support side of it. I'm getting more involved in the, the marketing, the advertising, the A-plus, you know, the, the content enhancement piece. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been, it's, it's been very good. It's been interesting. It's always something new. Yeah, it seems like it, it's definitely evolved for you as, as far as a role. I remember when we were, you know, as a sales support team together and we would come into our daily yep. huddle meetings. It was like, well, I got to put up 5,000 new items. Like, that was like, it was, it was a lot of putting up items and like batting down stuff, you know. And, and yeah, yeah. Like, that was like Greenfield. I think I put up like 
saw probably 8,000 images. I will never forget that. That was so time consuming. It was so tough. But the sales increased dramatically after those missing images were added. So it was all worth it in the end. That, to me, that's such a weird thing that like, it's a drill bit. You know, like, like, do you need this? Yeah, drill bit? I, they're like, I'm not gonna buy it. Oh, there's a picture of a drill, but yep. <laughs> like, yeah, it. Well, the, well, just so you know, if you don't have a photo, your detail page does not show up. Oh wow. Okay. So, so if you have no photo, then there's no chance for anybody to buy it. Okay. So it makes makes sense. So you, you got makes it, a lot of sense. Yeah, so yeah, so you, it was you like definitely evolved from you know loading five thousand images. As you mentioned, you're a lot more uh, integral to. And making advertising decisions and placements and where we want to focus and what a manufacturer wants to focus their time on. That's that's really cool that you're able to, to yeah. develop that and, and see your role change. What would you say, and I know I ask everyone this and they immediately shoot me down, but what, what would be a typical daily behaviors or what's a day look like for Eva? Um, so for me, it's ad monitoring is a daily behavior. Um, and then I also look for anything that would prevent a sales. So like a suspended product, um, a triple ticket, anything that would like bring an offer down that would require like immediate urgent action. Those are the, those are the big things um, because the longer it's down, obviously the less, you know, you, you're not getting opportunities for sales. So, um, and then the other thing is uh, replying to cases, which I know sounds very strange, but uh, if there is, you know, a, a action required from the vendor, they will give you 24 hours to respond. Um, and if you don't respond, they close it out, but they will keep you on pending their action for months and months and months. Uh, so if you don't respond yeah. within that window, then you're, you're in the bad spot. Yes. It's closed. You have to start over again. <laughs> so those are my, those are my active daily behaviors. Like, I would say that are like a must. A must do. That's interesting. Yeah. You're like, you're, I don't say it's like a store check, but you're almost doing like a store check every day. Make sure that stuff's on the shelf yes. and it's, it's visible and, and things are working. Yes. Interesting. Um, I was gonna say, how was you, you mentioned earlier that definitely the, the relationship at Amazon has changed over the past years. How, how has that evolved? I think before Amazon was such a big, big, big player, I think they were a lot more flexible with what they were willing to do. So in the past, they would order everything at least once. So if you set up 5,000 new products, they would order one and put it in the, the warehouse, you know, yeah. maybe even more. Whereas now everything is based on demand. So if you're launching a new product and there's no demand for your new product, then you're not gonna see order orders until there's enough demand. Okay. Um, pricing is a tough one. Mike, you can probably chime in on this one. Um, it's very hard to get a price change in. So you've got to be prepared to sell your item on Amazon at the same price for quite a while. Um, and then I would say that the, just the requirements of doing business with them. So they uh, like this over the last two years, the big like environmental initiatives with the packaging mm -hmm. was, it was a large, um, program that was rolled out that really impacted vendors on like what they could sell if they oh, wow. weren't willing to certify packages. Hmm. So you, you, you had, let's say a hundred items and then all of a sudden you're down to 20 because if you ship it in, they're going to charge you. So oh, wow. always, always changing, always something different. Interesting. How, um, how impactful are the reviews and, and people do, do feedback and are you able to monitor or control any of that? Yes, yes. And yes. 
So impactful, yes, from, you know, the stats of knowing that a, a person will make a purchase if there are, you know, I don't want to, I don't have a hard number, but if you've got a good mix of positive, mostly positive, even some negative, um, we can monitor them so we can get a report that will come out. It's a once a week and it would just generate out um, a data on it. We can actually reply to them and then also answer questions as well as the manufacturer. And it will say like the manufacturer representative under it. So we can definitely respond to those. Is it like when people do negative reviews, is it worthwhile to comment on those or do you just- I think it is. Okay. Sometimes, majority of the time it's user error, I would Mm. say, is the biggest issue with customers and their reviews. Okay. Yeah. What would uh, what are some of the challenges that you have from the e-com side and what's what's been um i would say getting vendors on board and getting them fully committed i think they they they're like dipping their toes in and then they're kind of like wait 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 i don't want to i don't want to upset my other customers or mm. i don't want to make the investment but that I want my sales to keep growing. So that's that's probably one of the biggest hurdles is getting that, that okay, let's do this. We're going to put in everything. Um, and then I would say navigating Amazon and their ever-evolving requirements for vendors. Okay. Which I would imagine that probably provides, gives you some value to our manufacturers or, or the vendors by knowing these rules for you know, living through it once, you can then go and apply it to everyone yes. else. Yeah, there have been definite occurrences where I've had an issue come up and then I resolve it. And then let's say three months later, the same thing happens for someone else. And I'm like, oh my God, I know how to fix this because I already <laughs> did this three months ago. It's so awesome. Or I learned like one thing on one account and I'm like, oh, I learned the secret and now I can go and share it with all the others. It's awesome. Like the, like the inexpensive mis- misspelled word. Yeah, like the misspelled word. Exactly. So this is really cool. I, mean, I, I think a lot of that, you know, we talked about industrial versus e-com, but it's the same thing about hiring line drive. You're getting, you're getting all these learnings that are happening outside of your products. And then Eva's coming back saying like, Hey, I, fi- I figured something out. This is going to be awesome for you. It's going to help grow your visibility or your sales or, or whatever that is. Yes. That's cool. Um, what's been, I'm sure the 5,000 images was very satisfying when it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> What's, been the, what's your favorite project you've worked on? What's the coolest thing you, you've got to, to experience? Like a favorite project or like one I felt really, really good about? Like like a little win. <laughs> How about, give me both. What, what's like the one you felt really good about? Um, Amazon can be really, they will avoid answering your questions and they will contradict themselves. And the majority of the time, they don't care what was said previously. So I, I was able to get oil dry back like a deduction for a promotion that ran, I don't know, four years ago. <laughs> they did an audit and they took like several thousand dollars and someone was like, the promotion didn't run. So you shouldn't have a, you shouldn't have a charge. And I'm like, okay, well I need some more information. And they came back and said, no, it did run. We did. We are going to charge it. I'm like, okay, well you just told me that they didn't. So I need to be able to explain why I was told that we didn't run, it wasn't going to be charged. They said, okay, well, we'll just reverse you the money. <laughs> so I was like, okay, hey, you have to be accountable. Don't tell me one thing and then not expect to have to answer to it. So that one was like a little personal win that felt really good because I was able to get our vendors some money back. They probably should have paid it in the front end, but hey, let's take it where we can get it. Um, a favorite 
like project I'm I'm really enjoying getting more involved in the enhanced content piece because that's something that I wasn't doing before as much um, so that has been really good and then also the advertising piece because it's just a new aspect that I'm learning so it's like every time I'm doing something it's it's like oh okay this makes sense or let me try this and then I see the results and it's like oh this is great so oh, that's really it's cool. just another piece for the 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 role and for the account that you know is going to work across every vendor yeah, that's awesome as, you, as you're getting i don't see money to experiment but as you're trying out new things yep. from an advertising standpoint that can help it can help others on the site brian's saying he wants so, to invest in your marketing practice yeah i, I mean it's, it's, she's, got, <laughs> she's got the answers the machine knows how to get it if done. i don't know the answer i will tell you but i will try to find out that's my thing i like that's you know awesome. if i if i don't know i'll tell you i don't know or i'm not sure but let's find out so uh, a little jealousy for those who don't know. Eva used to live in Chicago. Used to be when we were back when we were cube mates, and Yay. now currently lives in Florida. Yes. So a little this this last couple of weeks, a little bit of jealousy from Mike and I standpoint. But what <laughs> what else don't we know? What don't we know about Eva? What's Eva like to do when she's not hunting down fake pages or trying to promote advertising? Um, I'm a busy mom of three, so that takes up the majority of my free time. Um, for fun, I like to get involved with like arts and creating things. Like right now, I'm really getting back into my sewing machine. I sewed a skirt a couple weeks ago. It was kind of big, but it fits. It fits. <laughs> I'm gonna make it again in a size smaller. So there you go. Yeah, good. yeah. Just keeping myself busy. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you you do have twins that we were. I have twins, and then I have an Irish triplet. Yeah, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we have two six-year-olds and a four-year-old, right? Yes, and I'm yeah, two managing, dogs, so managing it's like that, having two more kids. Yeah, managing that many kids into that, into that age has got to keep you very busy. Yes, and a little crazy. Which is good. And I'm sure you uh, are enjoying the outdoors when it's nice and 80 degrees out as well. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful this weekend. It really was. It was like, said like 70s, you know? We were out back. We were laying down mulch and playing in the backyard. It's... I have to remind myself that it's February. Like I really, do. <laughs> I, I I don't. I was talking to somebody and they said something about snow, and I said, "Oh yeah, it's February." And it's, it's like eighty degrees. It doesn't feel like February at all. All right, everyone, don't no. hate on Eva now. We just we just had a nice segment. <laughs> I paid my dues. Not, okay, she, I she, I was there. I did it. That's true, and I would say on a lot of calls, you are not the person that rubs it in. So you never, no, you <laughs> I do a little bit. Well, that's true. But there's always there's always like one or two people who definitely rub it in, and I feel like you just make some slight notes, which is good. But uh, appreciate you taking time, team. If you want to reach out, I mean, Eva's a great resource. She's nice that she's been at Line Drive for ten plus years now. Um, it deals with a lot of our different manufacturers, and um, again, is, is somebody who's, who's very knowledgeable and whose support uh, and effort we very much value. So thank you for joining thank us you. today on Certified Fresh. All right, our next guest today, Line Drive's own systems manager, Chris Pezzel. Uh, the man needs no introduction. Pez, pretzels, Pezzies, CP, whatever it is. Chris, how are you today? 
Good, good, Brian. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited and incredibly nervous to to talk to you. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you know you're, you're I've got this reputation as like a tack dog or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very blunt, and that's why I would really try to steer away from social media, and I, I try not to, you know, record things I say because you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. So that's all right. Um, well, we'll make this we'll make this interesting, but non like social media highlight. We're not going to yes, make you like the yeah. character of the day. Yeah, I don't want to be blasted on Yahoo tomorrow. No. So so let's start. Let's take. Let's rewind a little bit. I know everyone's always interested in, in where people come from and what they've done, and you have a unique. Uh, a little bit of unique career history certainly didn't come from the manufacturing or, or sales world. So tell us a little about where, where did Chris, uh, what did Chris do before line drive? So, yeah, so Chris came from, uh, I originally worked in coming out of college. I worked in banking for a few years and that was just God awful. I would never recommend anyone and their mother, hopefully any bankers listening, just don't take offense to this, but, uh, you know, working in a bank for a year or so. And then I ended up getting a job with Arlington park, um, here in you know suburbs of Chicago, uh, which is a horse racing track. So um, you know I ended up getting like a, a job with them, and with them I ended up doing a lot of auditing, a lot of numbers crunching. I did some managing of people and unions, and I did. A, I was basically a jack of all trades, um, you know, at, at Arlington Park, and I had a you know I grew up in the shadow of the track, so. I've known horse racing my whole life. I, I, if you, anyone ever wants to go to the track with me, just call me. So, um, but so I worked for I went to park for many years. But and, I, and it was like my dream job was like I always liken it to like when Homer Simpson worked at the bowling alley. It was like his like perfect job. And but you know he, circumstances changed. Need to leave. I saw a sinking ship, and I did. Luckily, I did see it because I don't know if you saw the newspaper today, but I like to park is selling their property so um there will be there will be no arlington park next year so um but you know luckily i had the foresight seven years ago to 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 jump off that ship um and uh, this opportunity with line drive came to me uh i actually talking with kevin mullins in his driveway um my wife my wife's neighbor my wife's parents or neighbors with kevin mullins were at the time so I ended up going over there talking, and Kevin was interested in my background and what I did. He's like, you know, just give me your email. Maybe, you know, something will come up someday. You never know. And then sure enough, like six or eight months later, I got, you know, they reached out to me. Um, they said, hey, you know, we have an operations manager job. We think, we think you'd be an interesting fit. So came came to Line Drive and interviewed. I interviewed with Kevin and, and Jim Johnson, the most terrifying hour and a half of my life. Uh, I don't. I blacked it out. I don't remember anything they asked me. I don't. I don't recall what was talked about. I don't know. But I guess I did enough. I said. I said the right things to to get you know a second a second chance and or to get a second interview. And lo well, and behold, I ended up uh, getting hired as operations manager here for Line Drive. And I was actually, if you can believe this, for me with my lap, but I was actually the human resources manager as well for about a year. Nobody can believe that. Nobody. Yeah, no, believe nobody that. believe it. But it's, <laughs> but it's, but it's true. It's true. And I, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I was, I was, I was, I, I did okay for not having much, you know, human resource like experience. But um, we didn't, you know, uh, after, we didn't, we didn't end up in court. So <laughs> no, we did not end up in court. There so, you go. so that was good. Uh, <laughs> after about a year, I think it was, you know, there were some conversations, just like. Are we, are we really utilizing your skills to the best of line, you know, for yourself and for line drive? And I was like, yeah, I don't know if we are, you know, I'm a real, 
stats driven person. I'm a real, um, you know, I have that auditing background. I have, you know, so it's, so at that point, you know, a year, year and a half into my role, I started transitioning over to what was called at the time, you know, uh, manufacturer management with uh, one of the founders, Jim Callahan, who I would consider one of my mentors. I love the guy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, Jim Callahan mentored me for a couple of years working in the manufacturer management department, learning about the business, learning about client relationships, um, you know, and it was, it was just invaluable knowledge for me to pick up the, the inner workings of line drive and understanding how it works. And then I was able to, you know, leverage that into, you know, my, basically my, you know, it's my, my role is, hasn't changed much, but it's, I still deal, I still work a lot with the clients. I work a lot with, you know, the systems managers. I remember, Hey, I, Z, I think you were the one that you, you're the one that kind of passed over the Salesforce torch to me. Yes. I mean, Brian's our, our own podcast host here. Brian Zamania was, was the Salesforce admin, if I'm not mistaken, before I got on board. That is, so, that is absolutely true. So he's my predecessor. Um, but yeah, you know, so then I picked up Salesforce real easy and, and with that, with pipeline deals. And so it's been, it's been fun being the architect of those two, those two systems, you know? Um, right. and, and so now, yeah, now it's kind of like, I'm a systems manager. I want to make sure everyone's doing their job efficiently. Uh, is there anything I can do to help people? Uh, I work a lot with clients. I work a lot with data and, you know, it's uh, I try to get my fingers in as many pots as possible. Excellent. So that's good. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Salesforce and pipeline deals. So we've made the transition uh, over a year ago. You know, how has the flexibility changed, you know, as far as managing it and, and being able to build? <laughs> um, it's we've definitely, you know, with with the reduced cost of pipeline deals. And I always like to say this because it's like, all right, yeah, we, we did lose a lot of functionality uh, moving from Salesforce to pipeline. Like the biggest thing I was talking with Deborah Supritz yesterday, and it was like the biggest thing I miss the most is like the dashboarding. I miss I miss creating the metrics and the dashboard and the things that people you know can can get you know data at their fingertips and get it visualized. Um, so to me, that's that's the biggest loss. The biggest gain I've seen for pipeline deals are transferring over is the ease of use of the program. It is it's so much easier. To, it's easier to use. It's easier for me to develop on the back end as well. Um, I definitely spend you know, vast less amount of time in development on pipeline than I used to on Salesforce. Um, and, and also too, I think, you know, moving the pipeline has given it like, it's given us that flexibility to get some of these other cool tools like Showpad, you know, some of the, you know, right. And like some of these other great tools and, you know, inbox zero and we're, you know, we're getting like, you know, boom and all these things. So, um, that's, that's, I, I see that as the, you know, the real advantage and, we do have a little bit of sway with pipeline deals too. It's like Salesforce, we were a pretty small fish in a gigantic ocean, but with pipeline deals, I think we really get that, that customer service that we were always desiring from Salesforce that we just never really got. Yeah, you're right about the, the dashboard piece. I mean, that was, that was something that certainly Salesforce is a little better for, but I, I think about, and I don't think a lot of people know the way that you're able to create some custom reports and filters that can dig down. I had somebody call me the other day that they were looking for a very specific product in our opportunities. And I was like, oh, Chris can just build you a dashboard that, or a dashboard, like a report that basically filters it out. And they were surprised, which I think that's cool that there's that added piece. Um, what do you, what are some of the features you think that are being underused? 
Um, what are the features of the, uh, the search function? Like, I just got off the phone with an SC, like, like, literally 10 minutes before this call. And it was like, hey, dude, how can I, like, search for all my deals with a certain distributor salesperson? And I was like, well, you just have to use a filter on, on your list and use that person's name, and it'll show you everything. He's like, oh, I didn't didn't even like didn't even know you know so um yeah i think you know and that's ultimately that's where you know you and i work together a lot on is trying to identify hey where are those gaps like what what are people missing on or what are people like what are the what are the inefficiencies that are occurring out there in the field that that we can like hey let's identify that inefficiency let's fix it and, and make sure that you all understand how to get to something so much faster to make your job easier because that's that's my job is to make sure that you get to you do your job right. faster, you know? So, uh, you know, so that's, that's, I, I, I see us continuing to, you know, uh, continue to share, to share learnings, you know, and it, it's even learning, we're all learning this on the fly, you know? And, and I think even I, I learn okay. things from, from SCs and from, you know, from, from Sam sometimes it's like, I didn't even know that. So, right. um, and, and another cool thing too, is, you know, we've also started, a circle of influence group for pipeline deals. So we've, we've taken a lot of stakeholders from different um, departments within line drive and we meet on a monthly basis to talk about development issues, anything that's going on with pipeline. That's something I really wish I had done, you know, with Salesforce. Um, you know, I think, you know, getting, getting uh, user, user buy-in from, you know, from, from some, from some people is definitely good from different, from different aspects of the, the company. Yeah, I know you've, you've done a lot of uh, educational videos or recordings that we've loaded into to Showpad and, and place in different stuff. And I know I think you've reached out a few times to the team to better understand, you know, how can you help and, and what ways can you provide some insight and education? So I think that's great. And you know, from a team standpoint or people who are listening that, you know, reach out to Chris and, and if you've got either, you know, hey, I don't know something. That's cool. There's no there's no shame in that. Or if you know, you'd like to understand how a feature works or how to better duplicate or clone or input something. I mean, more than willing to, to put those kind of sessions together. Yeah. You guys know that. Well, I actually love to, I'm so lonely being in this house with my children and my family. Like I'm so right. sick. Of, I'm so sick of talking to them. Like pick up the phone, call me. I will gladly teach you like whatever you want to learn in pipeline deals. It's not only that, like not only because I want to talk to everybody, but also because it's an opportunity for me to understand that this may be a gap that our team has and it's you know is this an opportunity for teaching this on a greater scale you know like a replication so um yeah i, I definitely encourage anyone to to, to contact me yeah, it's, you know like even if, even if you just want to call and say hi and talk about horses or something I, I'm, I'm here where do you uh so where do you see pipeline evolving to you know but knowing some of the stuff that's coming out where, how do you see it placed within the line drive uh, so yeah so it's definitely like I see it. It's still it's it's an invaluable tool. Like I, I don't know how if I'm an SC, I don't know how I could get along in life without using pipeline deals. Like I use it. I'm not. I, I don't have sales opportunities. I use it just the task function alone. Um, but using that task function alone keeps me on track for all the projects that I'm working on. So I couldn't imagine having to be like, I gotta follow up with this guy this day. I gotta follow up with this person this day. This, this, you know, account manager, this right. end user, I, I just, you know, so ultimately, yes, I see that as that, that tool, one of those many tools right. that, we're, no, we're putting in, that are putting in our salespeople's hands to manage your business. Like it's not, 
I always give like probably anyone who sat with me through an onboarding is I give you the pitch. This is my pitch when you come in. It's like there's two ways you can look at pipeline deals. Like the first way is, hey, I've got to like put all my deals in and so that they know that I'm not on the golf course and that like, you know, that I'm actually doing work, you know, that's one way of doing it. It's not the right way of doing it. The other, you know, the other, the way I want, the one I want to hear is like, Hey, I can't live without pipeline deals. I would be a complete mess. I wouldn't know who to follow up with. I would, I would miss my deadlines. Cause you guys know, like if you're, if you're a salesperson, you're missing your deadlines, you know, what, what goes your word? So, okay. um, it's not good. So, you know, um, ultimately that's, that's where I, that's where I see it as, you know, ultimately using it as a tool to make sure that you're following up because it's just too much to handle. I mean, I don't know, like, I just, I can't fathom having, you know, 50 or 60 deals in your pipeline and knowing what to follow up on without, without have, keeping good notes and, and keeping task reminders. Right. No, I think it's a, you're a good point that the future is, you know, helping us um, stay on top of, the things that we need to, whether it's deals or communications or projects. So uh, it's very cool to think about. Um, shifting gears a little bit on the manufacturer, the portfolio side, you, know, you mentioned you've been involved for pretty much all of your career at Line Drive with the, the portfolio team. Um, you know, what is, I don't say what is your involvement, but you know, how are you engaging with our, our clients? You know, what's your interactions with them? Yeah. So it's, it's, I kind of have an interesting, I have an interesting dynamic with my client, with our clients. Um, everyone it's, I'm kind of, I can I can be a little bit of a liaison to to our clients to say like if they want to hey I don't I'm, I want to ask Line Drive for this but I'm not sure who to go to and you know it's either you typically falls on Kristen or myself so um, so we're, we definitely definitely work as a liaison I definitely work in in sharing a lot of our you know like uh, detail like our, our deals and a lot of insights of what we have in our pipeline I work on you know with with our with our manufacturers um i definitely work and you know uh, i'm coming to a blank right now but yeah no i mean it, it ends up being like just a lot of coordination with making sure that we're getting we're getting our clients all the data that they need and that we're getting what we need from our clients as well you know um, right. making sure that we get all of the you know sales collateral that we need and making sure we get the price list and making sure we get all that stuff so it's kind of a little bit of a two-way avenue right so i'm providing a lot of information for our clients at the same time i'm requesting information from our clients to to try to help our field team you know and that's that's you know that's why i'm happily part of the sales enablement team right that's i think a, a good way to, to sum that up is that you're constantly working with them to ensure our team has the materials they need to be successful uh, from a systems and, and you know literature knowledge standpoint i know one of the things that you and i've been collaborating on is the showpad library you know now we've we've transferred a, a, a collection of documents from sharepoint you're going manufacturer by manufacturer i don't see if it's virtually but virtually showing them what's in there and making decisions on you know what's old what's not relevant and what the needs are yeah yeah, definitely, uh, definitely been very involved with Showpad. It's been it's been a fun experience getting in there and and, and working with that. And even you know I, you know me being the data person, even pulling some of the data out and seeing what people are looking at. And like it's uh, it's it's definitely been a good aspect of my job. Um, it's 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 a it's part of my role that I I do enjoy. So I mean I enjoy most parts of my role. I'm not gonna lie, but 
<laughs> that's good. Um, I would say, yeah, I think the other piece of it too is, is you and I, and mainly you do a lot of work when we have new manufacturers come on. And I know for the team, sometimes it's like, why don't we have this, 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 or this? And don't worry, I think, you know, Chris very much asks the same questions, but a lot of times it doesn't exist. So, you know, you spend time working with them to help generate a lot of this information and content. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, like it's, uh, you know, I just, I recently completed uh, an MCR part number project. Um, you know, it was a kind of a request from, came from Z and the team, I'm sure, but, you know, just saying, hey, you know, it'd be cool if you could get a document where um, you have all the, the, the manufacturer part numbers and then have other, the part numbers at each channel partner, you know, and then, so that ends up being like a really cool project to work on and, and, um, and, and getting that, you know, getting those, building those tools if they're not available, um, even, you know, the who to go to tool and like, there's all kinds of stuff that we've, we, we really try to do to try to, you know, enable our team to, to be better even. And now too, even with our manufacturers, I'm, I'm, I've been writing rules. So like now, like, you know, a couple of our manufacturers are even getting alerts from, from our, you know, from our system on when things are getting updated. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a journey. I, I, I feel like when I've, I've come to line drive that I, I've been a trailblazer. You know, like there, there hasn't been someone like me here before working. I mean, and, you know, I guess we're, we're a young business. We're only 21 years old, yeah. 21. So um, we're a relatively young business, but it's, I really relish, I relish trailblazing. I relish, you know, new projects and finding out new, you know, new efficiencies and ways to do things. That's, it's, uh, it really, it, it stimulates my, you know, right. my, my yeah. it stimulates yeah. my mental, uh, I don't know what the right well word being. is. Yes, but, yeah, but uh, <laughs> so, I was probably going to go, I was going to say something right. probably a little dirtier than that, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely, you know, definitely stimulates my mind. So you talk about, you know, the projects and, and being proud of the things you've developed and accomplished. What, what do you think, what is one of the projects you've worked on that really made an impact? I think one of the projects that one of the, was when, when Chuck Gagnon was our, our director of sales and, we kind of rolled out um, when we rolled out the the whole like changing of our sales strategy value-based selling yeah, yeah value-based selling and hunting you know spending x amount of time hunting and x amount of time distributor driven things uh, building building the framework in salesforce um, was I, I really i took my salesforce skills to the next level uh, with that project and learned myself a lot about Salesforce and, and efficiencies that you could use to like to help help the team drive the team to better quality data and to also you know help the team manage their business more efficiently within the system whether you know with whether that be building dashboards or or just streamlining processes but um, yeah I definitely think working on that project with Chuck that you know I think back to that as like one of the more meaningful, uh, projects that that I've done, you know, since I've since I've been to Line Drive, but I, you know, I've I've been there's too many to think of, Brian. Like honestly, you <laughs> know, true. like I can't. I, I've my 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 job has been very project based, so it's, I've done a lot of projects over the years. No, that's awesome. So when Pez is not developing new content and working in pipeline deals, what is what does Pez into when he's not hanging out on team calls? Oh, I'm chasing kids around. So <laughs> <laughs> so I've got. Like, so I'm, you know, yeah, all right. So that's not fun, but that's not a fun story. But 
so yeah, so I've got I'm busy with my family. Um, I I play. I'm on three different hockey teams. Um, so I'm playing hockey three nights a week. Um, I played base. I'm on a baseball team in the summer. So I, you know, I I play with a bunch of old dudes playing ba- like not softball, baseball. Um, a bunch of old dudes playing baseball. It's pretty hilarious. We're all getting hurt constantly. And then um, I also I love to golf. I love to go to the like to the track. I go to the Kentucky Derby at every last year was the first year since they didn't allow people in. It's the first year I missed in like since I've joined Line Drive. Because um, I used to not be able, I used to not be able to go. I used to have to work that day every day. But <laughs> that was sense. one of the that was one of the big reasons. I was like, well, honey, I told my wife, I'm like, if I join this new company, I can go to the Kentucky Derby every year. And she's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you're also a, you're also a, an accomplished marathoner. I, I I forgot. Yeah, you know, I don't like to brag about that, but I have you know runner people don't run to not brag. So. Um, <laughs> You know, and if you talk to any runner, they'll they'll tell you how much they run, and you know they'll give you all the details. But yeah, I've I've run in two, I've completed two marathons, just both of them, just a shade over four and a half hours. Did the Chicago marathon, the last Chicago marathon, and I've also run the Kentucky Derby marathon. I've run multiple half marathons. I'm I'm like dying to do another half marathon soon. I would. I've thought I've told myself I'm not going to do any more marathons, but for some reason I'm probably going to do one more just because I I'm a sadomasochist a little bit I guess I don't know it's it's I black out every time after 20 miles but there's something about it like the accomplishment there's no when you cross that finish line I I mean I have to thank Z even like when I when I did the Chicago marathon Z texted me I think right when I crossed I think you texted me like congratulations and. It meant a lot to me that, you know, it meant a lot to me that you, that you, I don't know, that you're paying attention to me. I guess it was cool that someone. Was. I was tracking you. I, 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 I want to make sure you made it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this alone. So, so I, as we I, as we I come to the, uh, as we come to the finish line of our uh, interview today, how about uh, leave us with your favorite memory from Line Drive? Oh my God, my favorite memory from Line Drive. My favorite memory from Line Drive probably would be when we had when we rented out the mcdonald's campus and we had like our teams and we like fought each other like there was like we had like different teams there was a bunch of different skills competitions and it ended up coming down to a dodgeball competition and i was me against it was like scooter mcintosh against like four of us and he just just he's one by one just picked us all off ended up winning and it was just not fair having an ex-football player go against us but um that definitely is one of my more probably one of my fondest memories of of line driving just you know it's tough it's tough to pick just one because i, I tell everyone i i tell everyone i work i i know that i just it's i am so thankful to work for this company and i, I appreciate every day that i'm here so, some days more than others but um it, it's really been a blessing for me to, to, to come to my drive and, and offer my skills. Cause as I, when I first joined the drive, I had dinner with Matt Scott and Matt sat me down and he said, he's like, what, he's like, what are you about? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, what are you about? Do you like to win? I'm like, yeah, I want to, yeah, of course I want to win, dude. He's like, good. Cause that, that's, that's what we're all here for, man. Like we all want to win. I'm like, yes, we do want to win. So, um, I take that, I take that like to heart, you know, that whole winning concept and, and you know, I, I feel like every day at line drive, we're trying to do that. It's awesome. 
It is awesome. The team spirit is strong. I will give you that, my friend. It is. The camaraderie and the team spirit is amazing. I have I have built lifelong lifelong friendships for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chris, for a peek inside the systems manager and the life of Chris Pez. No problem. Yeah, I hope I didn't bore you guys to death the last 20 minutes. So thank you for having me on, Brian. Okay, thanks. Well, that's our show. Another fresh look into the workings of Line Drive. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully, you learned something new about Line Drive, our customers, and our team. Subscribe on your chosen platform, smash that like button on Teams, and of course, reach out with a topic covering Line Drive, our people, or our partners that you would like to know more about. Guests are always welcomed and encouraged. Certified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording comes from all across America with a small but mighty team doing the best they can for now. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania, and our technical producer is Amy Struckmeyer.